What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. Do me a favor, subscribe on the YouTube. We just hit 5,000 subscribers. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, let's bring on Kevin Kincaid. Subscribe wherever you get it. Hit that thumbs up for me. Kevin, since we last talked, Joel Embiid has seemed to uh, lock up the MVP, but the Phillies are 1-5. Should we abandon the season? John Belaris was right. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, I, I threw seven different things at you, and I apologize for that. That's that's just me <laughs> being a shitty host. <laughs> that was a tough start. Yeah, where do I go? Where do I start? Embiid versus the Celtics. Kendrick Perkins. Uh, do I start with Dunf getting kicked out? Do I start with the uh, weather forecast? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I well, I was curious that they that um they postponed it the day before. Well, I think they saw the Orioles game, and I think maybe the Pirates game po- got postponed too. So the Orioles home opener okay. got postponed to Friday. Right. I think you know Cecily Cecily was seeing the Doppler, um, <laughs> and she was just like strong, straight, dangerous winds is what I think it was called. Yeah. But man, John Bolaris, yeah. John Bolaris, who is not even uh, a weatherman anymore. Who no. used to call the storm of the century and had to run away after he got that wrong? Who's now selling luxury real estate and loves to tag every single athlete that ever gets drafted to Philadelphia? Hey, listen, I'm, I'll can send you a good house in uh, in Center City. Um, John Belaris still got it. Yeah, well, listen, um, the storm of the century thing did him no favors, of course, right? But he he uh, he comes out and he says, horrible decision from the Phillies to cancel the game. The storms could arrive by 5 p.m. By then, we should be six to seven innings into the game as they're much quicker. Uh, the games are much quicker now. Obviously, this year with the pitch clock, they have been. So the storms arrive between 4.35, 30. They would rapidly move out in 45 to 55 minutes, and the game will continue. You never, capital letters, never get an opening day with 80 degree temperatures. Then he tagged Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, some guy, M leaf and uh major league baseball. So uh, he, I guess he was listening to WIP midday show or something, which is why he, he tagged those guys. I remember. Oh, uh, Sixto, uh, Les Cano. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not a meteorologist. Last time something like this happened, Cecily Tynan ended up dunking on Howard Eskin, I believe, because uh, he thought that they got the forecast wrong. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because there's there's two ways to go about it, right? It's like, number one, if people got tickets. Well, now they can't uh, use them. I see people giving away tickets or trying to sell their tickets. But, you know, mm-hmm. would you rather have that a day in advance or would you rather have the cancellation today? And then you're like, already you already took off from work. Or you already left or you already made arrangements or some shit. I don't know. You can't please everybody. Um, man. I think I, personally, I'd rather a Friday. Uh, it's a good Friday. So some people already have off. Uh, so some mm-hmm. people are going to have like a five day weekend. Um, I would rather a Friday just because it's easier to take off a Friday than it is a Thursday. Nowadays, with a lot of people working from home, and we're not talking like blue collar, like union jobs or anything, like guys that actually have to go into work and 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 are, are relied and counted on. But like we're talking about workers. like yeah, the actual workers, the the, the backbones of society, the farmers and uh, the traffic control and the cops and the and 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 the firemen. Um, I would rather a Friday, a Friday opening day, even going to be 60 around 63 degrees by the time first pitches. Give me a Friday opening day over even an 83 year 
degree Thursday opening day, 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it goes back to like last week, too. It's like, why are you pull, why are you doing opening opening day on a Thursday and then taking the Friday off? And then it comes back around one week later for the Phillies home opener mm-hmm. to be on a Thursday anyway. You know, so I don't know. I, you know, somebody brought up to the fact that John Belaris got hoodwinked by some Ukrainian prostitutes or whatever, well. too. But we've all been there before. So, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> won't hold that against him, you know, uh, but probably making better money now doing high-end real estate than, uh, you know, being a meteorologist for Fox 29, you know. We, we got to get uh, John Belaris on and ask him where he's at in the Ukraine versus Russia battle right now because he might have, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> he might be a little swayed, a little biased toward. Uh, I don't know if they were Ukrainian, to be fair. Ukrainian. I don't remember much of the story. I think it just said they were Eastern European women. Mm. Uh, mm. That I, I forget what they did. Maybe Craig can go find like an old. Could be water. Chechen. They could be from Chechnya. Yeah, but that's part of Russia. Remember, I told you that the last time we brought that up. Like could Chechnya be Yugoslavian. Like, well, Yugoslavia is not a country either. That's split into a bunch of different countries. But they could be they could have been Serbian women. They could have been Moldovan women. They could have been Slovakian women. They could have been Bulgarian women. They could have been Belarusian women. Belarusian I think a person from Kosovo is a Kosovar. Could be wrong though. Got to get an Eastern European. Maybe we have an Eastern European in the uh, the chat, the YouTube chat right now, who can help us. But I would not hold that against John. You know, sometimes you're in Atlantic City. You know, there's some Eastern European women there. Yeah, Peter Case is Romanian. Let's not forget about the Romanian. Don't forget about Transylvania either. The Transylvanian women are beautiful this time of year. Do you know where Transylvania is? In Transylvania. No, it's it's right there in front of you. In front of you. it's in Romania. Transylvania. No, I thought Transylvania was its own uh, own country. Honestly, no, no, but it's a real place. Like Transylvania is a real place. Uh, okay, so here's the the uh, this is from the New York Daily News, Craig. Uh, the okay, the headline is Weatherman John Belaris tells story of being drugged and swindled, swindled. Uh, out of forty k by Russian beauty. Okay, they were Russian. I'm sorry. All right, they so he's Russian. probably t- yeah, he's probably uh, Team Zelensky. <laughs> if if i i don't want to put words in john belaris's mouth but i just yeah. want to say john belaris getting drugged and his car- credit card getting ran up 40k he's probably team Zelensky if it's if it's some some russian horse that's true yeah you know you can't you, you, we should send uh belaris over to ukraine to meet up with the klitschko's and he can be like an ambassador you know and he can tell everybody about how he was hoodwinked by the russian prostitutes in miami and <laughs> rally everybody to the, we'll, to the cause you know we'll, we'll get them on one day uh speaking you of the Phillies, one in five one in yeah. five not good not how everyone thought the season was going to start and i know they're one in five and they haven't been one in five since 2007 but i'm going to make people believe i'm going to make people happy with the with this news the team that last started one in five was that 2007 phillies team we all remember that that phillies team jimmy rollins he called the division I think they were like six games back at that point. They went on a run in September. They started out two and eight and still won 89 games. They were seven games uh, under 500. Remember, the Phillies were seven games under 500 with Joe Girardi last year. Things can change. Ranger Suarez still isn't pitching. Aaron Nola looked pretty good. Pretty good last last night. I know we're yeah. pretty critical of Aaron Nola. I know the whole fan base needs to be critical of Aaron Nola, except for Ant San Francisco. But, I mean, this team is so much better than that 2007 team. That like them winning eighty nine games, I don't think would shock anyone if we're talking like this in September. Yeah, this was a one nothing game going into the sixth, um, right? Going in the bottom of the sixth yesterday. Yeah. So, um, Aaron Nola, 
was improved, you know, um, the, the defense was a little bit better, right? I mean, it's a four to two game, right? All right. So we're been taking baby steps here. They didn't get blown out 16 to three. Uh, the Yankees had their number one on the mound. So I don't know. I'm looking, I'm looking for little, uh, areas to be, uh, pragmatic and pos- positive here. Bryson you know? Stott looks good. Bryson Trey Turner Stott looks good. Looks good. Uh, the base running looks terrible, RBI. but hey, listen, they were a shitty base running team last year and we were in the World Series. Injuries suck, but it did look that like Brandon Marsh was ready to go in if he had to. Uh, Christian Pache can cannot, I don't care if it's Pache or Pache, I'm not going to even mm-hmm. learn his name. He's not going to be here long enough for me to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know his how. His batting average is zero. His batting average is point zero zero zero. Yeah, he's the IKF of of the Phillies. Um, I don't know if you watched how close you watched yesterday. I know, obviously, it was during the day. Uh, that throw that he didn't make when DJ LeMahieu was rounding third. Oh, yeah. Ben Revere makes that throw. Yeah. Aaron well, Rowan guns him out. Dubal Herrera even has a play on the plate there. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he held that ball up while fat-ass DJ LeMahieu is running around third, just, like, breathing heavy is is crazy to me. Uh, and the guy yeah. never produces with runners in scoring position. He can't hold Marsh's jock. If Marsh is going to be out, like Derek Hall seems to be going to the IL, if Marsh is going to be out for any significant amount of time, is it Scotty Jetpack season? Well, it redeveloping to. the redevelopment of the redevelopment? <laughs> I think it has to be, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what the alternative is, you know. Um, it looks like Philly fan has given us the Christian Trashe uh, nickname here. It's a little harsh, but yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, they already uh, made the move to send uh Junior Marte down, right? I mean, the Junior Marte uh, era is on hold, currently on hold in Philadelphia. So uh, it's never too early to make moves and it's a long season. You can, these guys figure it out, bring them back up. I mean, do it, you know? Do it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm only worried a little bit about, Gregory Soto, because Gregory Soto has higher than a he had a 27 ERA yesterday, gave up. a I think one of those uh, one of those runs were attributed to uh, Aaron Nola. One of the runs he gave up was it was a two run home run attributed to him. Uh, it's not good, especially because who we traded Nick Maton and Matt Veerling and Matt Veerling. I don't know how much you watch uh, Detroit Tigers ball. Uh, probably about as much as I do. Not a lot. Haven't watched a lot of Detroit Tigers ball. Uh, Veerling would have been an awesome death beat because he's hitting third right now in the lineup. I think he's batting like 350 right now up uh, yeah. in Detroit. I mean, yeah. it's it's a little different. It's a little different playing in Detroit than it is playing for a World Championship team or World Championship contender like the Phillies right now. But uh, the lack of depth is really scary. And Derek Hall, we don't know how long he's going on the IL for. Probably at least 10 days now. Now we're down to our third string first baseman. So is it going to be Alec Bohm? Is it going to be Roger Clemens's boy? Uh, we see Ryan. We could see Roger around the uh, around the ballpark maybe a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting, but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely not good when Edmundo Sosa has to come in and hit fourth in your lineup. That's when you know things are kind of going off the rails. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just wanted to pull up the Iron Pig stats here real quick. So Scott Kingery, three hit, uh, twelve at bats, three hits. A couple of home runs, three RBI, five strikeouts, and a walk. Hitting 250 in uh, three games up there with a 917 slugging percentage, 1.274 OPS in a very small sample size. I mean, yeah. 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 What's Guthrie doing? Let me see Guthrie here. Okay. So he's uh, 
got he's only played three games, but he's got four hits and nine at bats. Okay, he's he's yeah. I mean, make a move there, you know, Kingery. Yeah, Guthrie, David, David Himes in the chat has a pretty good point. Nikki Cassiano's playing first. I feel like I don't know. I mean, he's a gold, he's a gold Glover now. You know, he's back to do it. Well, and yeah, and he's back to doing what he was doing at the plate last gold, year. You know? Yeah, he's playing some gold glove right field right now. Can he play some gold glove first baseman? I love Bohm at first. I really yeah. do. Um, but yeah, but I'm not worried. Let's wait a little bit till May. May, I'll get worried. If we still well, Schwarbs, uh, yeah, yeah. And Schwarbs got off the Schneid, right? Knocked in a, you know, got his first home run the day after uh the press release comes out that he's now a yards brewing ambassador, you know, and people got unnecessarily mad because they were saying that, well, he should focus <laughs> on hitting baseballs instead of doing beer, <laughs> beer part, beer uh partnerships, you know, as uh, you know. People yeah, may be surprised to how, know that those things are arranged yeah. well, well ahead of time. And it's, it's not like he's, uh, you know, eschewing his duties at the plate to chase. Uh, what's the name of the beer called? Philly Standard. Philly Standard beer. You know, I yeah. got one last night. I went over to Yards. Um, yeah. The woman at the hostess stand was obviously not told about the promotion because she was shocked that I was what I was asking about. I had to ask like three different people about uh about what the what the thing was but it was really easy once i bypassed that you just go in you get your philly standard beer from uh from the bar you can drink it there or i took it home and uh and had a nice little philly standards i watched episode four of ted lasso you ted lasso guy yeah it's good i enjoyed it i enjoy it it's yeah, it's, it's they, stupid uh... but it's it's funny it touches you it touches the funny bone a little bit it's it's cute in a way um, you know, you can't all just be yelling at Doc Rivers and yelling at the Phillies. Sometimes you got to turn your brain off and watch Ted Lasso. So that's what the uh, branded whatever is going to be, right? It's not a special Kyle Schwarber beer, but he's going to have, there's going to be like a, they're going to take the Philly standard line and, you know, put his likeness on it and whatnot. I get these things from, you know, the, the PR people send stuff out to the media, um, you know, with like, promotional stuff here's a couple beers here's like a you know t-shirt and whatever and we usually hang on to these things and we use them as giveaways you know for uh like when i was doing it's always soccer live shows or whatever i'd have some stuff for fans down there to give away so we got a kyle schwarber uh like little package here so i'm gonna hang on to this stuff and maybe we can do a crossing broad giveaway or charity thing sometime soon there you go that's yeah, how you do it. Know. Philly standard shirt. Um, Schwarber, yeah, yeah. I don't know who loves brand deals more, Devonte Smith or Kyle Schwarber. Because I don't know if you saw at the at Wawa, there's the Schwarber bomb. I think they're calling it an energy refiller. We, <laughs> they're calling Schwarber? it like an energy drink. Yeah. So you uh, know how they hit the Schwarber fest last year. Uh, every time he uh, during, um, I think it was the playoffs. Um, it was kind of like their own version of Hoagie Fest. I just sent the. Uh, the tweet over to Craig, but uh, the Schwarbaum drink at Wawa now. Do you stop showing the Philly Standard stuff? We've moved on. We've moved on to Wawa. You done? Carry you got on. anything else in there? You got any other trinkets? No, no, no. We'll save this for a Crossing Broad charity event. We'll do our first Crossing Broad charity event later this year, I promise. Here's the Schwarbaum. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. Something that you'd put vodka in. You put the Philly standard shirt down. Jesus Christ. People have seen it seven times now. I'm trying to fold it. I'm not holding it up here. Just talk while I fold. 
Okay, I'll vamp. Um, so the Schwarbaum drink is now at Wawa. It's an energy drink. It looks like it'd be great with a nice little vodka Red Bull. That's what it does. But this guy loves brand deals, and I love that Kyle Schwarber is able to sign a brand deal and then just make sure that Philly fans get free or discounted stuff all the time. I mean, we've had Why already not, two man? free beers since he signed that deal. You go to the yard. I've got a Yards Brewery take. I'm interested to see what you think about Craig in the chat things. I think Yards is uh, is overlooked because yes. uh, because the beer it's, is uh, ubiquitous, right? It's everywhere. You can find it everywhere. You go to whatever shitty gastro pub in Philadelphia, and it's like they got probably have the Philly Pale Ale or or like the or like Brawler there. At least if, if not on tap, at least in a can. So you can always get it somewhere. So you're looking at a beer list and I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, Yards is there, but like it doesn't jump off the page at you because you see it so much and you're used to it. But they make really good beer, man. I've, I've never had I've never gone to Yards. I've never had anything by Yards and said, I don't I, like it. I'm going to expand on that. People don't love Yards and hold it in a high standard anymore because it has it has has crossed a certain threshold a certain threshold excuse me kind of like your delisandros or your pats and genos i don't want to call yards pats and genos but people like it so much and it's been so successful that it's not cool anymore to like yards when it was like really cool to like yards back in the day when tom kehoe split off from kensinger or philly brewing company um and philly brewing company was like he'll be nothing without us and blah 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 and then he goes and builds a huge conglomerate while philly brewing is getting their hops uh weed whacked down uh (laughs) it's just it's 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 really it's 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 awesome to see so when you get so successful philly has this kind of thing where it's like oh my god wawa is amazing wawa is amazing okay wawa is too successful they're expanding out the places and whatnot they're not cool anymore it's not cool to go to wawa it's more cool to go to your your mom and pop shop on the corner philadelphia people philadelphia greater philadelphia people they don't like things all the time that are successful but you're 100 percent right yards could go toe-to-toe with any craft beer in this city um yeah the washington porter always loved the brawler always loved the yards philly pale ale is just a staple on every it's usually like a cheap like five six dollar beer too nowadays you can get that on uh if you're if you're just looking to drink some pale ale uh you have a pink Yards Pink used to be big. You can grab a, uh, like, if you were going to a party or something or, like, going to somebody's house or if you were going to watch an NFL game or something, you had to bring beer or whatever. You can never go wrong with just buying the yeah. sampler so, case. Of theirs. But, but they're, like, they're, like, they're, like, you know what they remind me of? Like, Yards reminds me of Yingling in a way because when craft, when craft beer came in, Yingling was just, like, uh, all right, I, Yingling's Yingling. But Yingling never got bad. Like yeah. the, the beer never became bad, right? So it was always like something you could go to, but you just didn't go to it because you knew. I was like, I know Yingling, I know Yards or whatever. That's yeah. not jumping off the tap list at me, so I'm gonna get whatever. But if I find, if I'm like, if I look through the tap list and it's a bunch of shitty IPA or something like that, then I'm like, all right, give me a brawler. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's a good like fallback. But it's, I mean, the tap room's great. I, I've never had a Yards problem. Tap room is amazing. You're exactly right. Um, there was this one they made during the during the summer called Crush. That was awesome. I don't know if they're still selling it, but it Yards was, it was, Crush. It was called. I think it was a Yards Summer Crush or something like that. It was okay. fucking amazing. But here's yeah. Craig in the private chat. You know, he's an ultimate beer snob, runner guy. You know, yeah. we love those guys who run and drink IPAs. They're they're the the coolest people you can talk to. Uh, yeah. Yards is boring. Doesn't do anything inventive. Just made like six okay beers and call it a day that's like all the the craft beer snobs take because they got too big they're not tired hands or they're not tone wood because yeah. craig will be if, if craig's still with us 
on this planet or on this show in five years. Tonewood will be too big for Craig's liking, and Tonewood will just replace Yards with Tonewood, and it'll be Tonewood is boring, doesn't do anything inventive, just made like six okay beers and called it a day. Wawa Hoagies, boring, doesn't do anything inventive, just made like six okay sandwiches and called it a day. I mean, but that's, not, but that's what they're trying to be. That's what they're, they're not trying to be anything but that. You know what I'm saying? Yards isn't trying to reinvent the wheel. It's not, they're not tired hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, not mosaic hops and everything. No, and Wawa is or not easy. trying to be your local deli on the corner. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if people have their opinions on this stuff, it's fine. If you like Yards, you don't like Yards, it's fine. If you like Wawa, you don't like Wawa, it's fine. If you like Sheets better, that's okay. But like, I think people look at these discussions and they frame them incorrectly because it's like, Wawa is not trying to be in it like you're the best Italian deli on like in, in South Philly. You know what I'm saying? So your like expectations don't don't match what you're looking at for this this certain place, you know. But I've never had, I've I always thought yards is a good you don't think of them like when you think of uh typical Philly stuff all the time, but their shit I've always just found their stuff to be good, you know. So no, people want people to be brewing out of their bathtub. Philadelphia wants people to be in their bathtub, in their apartment. They always want them to be making, you know, poverty line money uh, and and but making really good beer. You shouldn't be able to be successful off your beer, according to people in Philadelphia and people like Craig behind the scenes. Beer's a tough one too. I mean, you go to these breweries, like you ask them about like making money and and you know balancing the balance sheet. And you know, it's it's not easy, man. It's like it's hard shit. So Working the margins a little bit, yeah. I mean, hot prices yeah. are up right now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and you don't have to like. It's a fine line too between being pretentious and being like creative, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't like tired hands. I just don't like their beer because it's just not my type of beer. But like, you can do fancy stuff like that and and make it a hit. But I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than saying like some of the stuff in their descriptions and like the way that they write this out. I don't need like a paragraph explaining what this beer is, you know. No, not at Whereas all. I go to like a place like Imprint, and it's like here's a creative something or other that we did, but it just doesn't feel. It doesn't feel pretentious. It doesn't feel smarmy. Like it doesn't feel like it's some like artsy fartsy kind of fucking thing. If that makes no, any Tom, sense, you know. And Tom Kehoe's an all time guy. He's he's from everything yeah. I've I've read and I've 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 met him. He's just an all time guy. He's just a regular yeah. dude who loves brewing beer. Who can yeah. brew beer out of his apartment. We gotta get um, Chad, we gotta get Chad Balby on here to talk about though. That guy will never come on this program as long as me and you are on this one. I'm sorry, I'm gonna put my foot down on that one. There's some people you got to keep far away from from crossing broadcast, and that guy is probably uh, Exhibit A. Um, speaking of people who will never be allowed on this program, Kendrick Perkins. Mm. Well, now never be allowed on this program because the ultimate Embiid guy, the ultimate guy who's always carried the water on ESPN for Joel Embiid, Stephen A has been there too, but to a lesser extent is now voting has already voted potentially for Giannis MVP. And there's some rumors out there that he submitted the ballot before the Celtics game, which we all saw Embiid have 52 points on 20 for 25 shooting. One of the greatest regular season performances any Philadelphia athlete has ever had in sports history. Um, how are you feeling? Um, because I think I'm kind of on um, a buoy. No, what am I? I'm on an island, excuse me, with how much I care about this MVP. And it just seems like no one else cares about the MVP, and I'm, I'm shocked by that. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because Perk has been one of Embiid's biggest defenders, right? I think he felt burned personally because Embiid didn't play in Denver. And uh, it's, you know, it's 
strange, I guess, when a guy comes out and announces who his uh, MVP vote is going to be before the regular season's wrapped up. Because Perk oh, went so out, he went out on on Monday. I think I was is that that's when the first take whatever clip was dated, and he said, "I'm voting for Giannis." And then Embiid drops 52 points on the Celtics the next night. So I I think that leads to a a, a discussion about how I I don't, the thing that I don't like about these kind of votes is that people use it as a, uh, they use their status as a voter to kind of leverage, use it as a leverage point for like their content, right? Yeah. I'm going to go on my platform on ESPN. I'm going to talk about my MVP vote and here's who I'm voting for. And here's why when it's, it's not, it wasn't supposed to be, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's not supposed to allow you to some pivot by which to, you know, turn, turn this into, you're not supposed to like ransom. Like you're, I don't know. It feels like you're uh, bargaining in a way. Is that what you're kind of like? You're you're, bargaining chip. Like my MVP vote is like this bargaining chip slash pivot for which I'm going to use to like like create content. And like, Embiid's got to do this and Embiid's got to do this or else you're not getting my MVP vote. You know, it's it's almost like you're ransoming it or like it's for sale or something. Not, not literally, but it gives off that impression where it's like, well, perk can influence the MVP vote. So, you know, let's tune in and see what he has to say about this. You know, I don't, I don't like, it's supposed to be this humble, kind of quiet behind the scenes thing where you take this task seriously and you're given this responsibility and it's an honor really to be able to vote for these kinds of things, especially when so much is tied into these things. You know, guys have contracts that say if you're all pro in the NFL or if you're this or if you're that, you know, you get X amount of money, you get this, these kinds of plaudits. It goes on your Wikipedia page forever, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're a media member, you got to take that shit seriously. And if I was going to sit here and say, well, I'm gonna was gonna vote for him now, but I need to see this b- before I vote for him now. Like you're not, this this is not like some. I don't, are, I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble too, finding the right word. But are there too many voters? Because like, should a journeyman NBA player who has one championship should he get a vote? Like, should should Stephen A. get a vote when behind the scenes he's working with producers, being like, okay, uh, Stephen A. is gonna take Giannis for MVP. Okay, Perk, you're gonna take. Embiid for MVP. Okay, JJ, you're going to take Jokic for MVP. Here's, you know, you got 45 seconds. We'll package it all up. We'll put it on YouTube and we'll send it over to Captain Morgan or Casamigos or someone else so they'll continue to sponsor the show and be like, hey, look, we got millions of views on this YouTube video. We got, you know, this many people tuning in for uh, first take and whatnot. I just think there's too many, too many voters and too many, um, too much content because there's so much hypocritical statements over an 82 game season. We see it in baseball and we see it in the NFL too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're true. That, that's true. There probably are too many voters, you know, at least in Perk's case, he can say that he was a former player. Stephen A. Smith never played a fucking NBA game. Right. You know, the, the 10 cent people never played an NBA game. Bill Simmons never played an NBA game. The 37 people at the ringer never played an NBA game. You know, the, the ideally the people who should be voting are like the like the rich Hoffman types who are like quiet, just basketball minds who watch a lot of the game and can analyze it and be fair about it. You know, it's, it's not the boisterous, like talking heads on television who are using their MVP. I'll give you an example. Maybe this helps better illustrate what I'm trying to talk about. You know, the baseball writers come out every year and they explain who they voted for and here's on my ballot and they write a full fucking column explaining their whole thing or whatever. Like I, I, it's not about you. You know, it's about like the the candidates and like 
who's going to win these awards. It's not like my ballot and why I decided to do this and I, 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 and me, me, me. And I, I guess that's what bothers me about the whole thing is that people take their status as a voter and they, and they make it about themselves. It's like, this is who I'm going to vote for. And this is what I need to see. And, you know, I'm disappointed in this guy. Like, just take the responsibility seriously and don't, don't turn, don't use it and flip it around and use it as some like leverage point to talk about yourself or to like influence your content or whatever. You know, if I was an MLS voter back in the day, I would feel like there's responsibility to at least explain to my readers, like why I voted a certain way, but I'm not going to like sit there and say, well, you know, if, um, you know, Sebastian Latou is going to get my vote for MVP. I need to see this, this, and this, who gives a fuck what I, what I need to see. Just like be humble and do your job and, I don't. I guess I don't like how like how much how publicized the whole thing has been, like from a media standpoint. You know. Yeah. What do you think about Jim Salisbury voting uh, Juan Soto fifth in the MVP voting that one year? You think Seven. he should have came out and explained that? Well, he did, and then his explanation wasn't great either because he was saying that this is why I went so hard at him, really, because I don't have any problem with Jim Salisbury otherwise. I think he was one of the most respected reporters in this town, 100%. to be quite honest. But um, he came out and said that. He, you know, guys had to be in the playoff race or like taking their teams in like contention or whatever. And I'm like, okay, if you believe that, that's fine. But then you wouldn't have voted for Shohei Otani because the Angels sucked. So, you know, are you going to say I'm not voting Otani for MVP because the Angels are not close to the playoffs? I mean, that was his explanation for Harper versus Soto, you know. And then you, the two guys who ended up being one and two, he bumped Soto down by putting him seventh and that influences that they just gave off this thing that he was like in the, uh, in the bag for, for Bryce as a local Philly guy. And the explanation just didn't, didn't hold up. So I don't know. I, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love it. I don't, I think he still wins, but you, you've seen a couple of guys and you know, the, the PTI guys, they, uh, they said they might switch their votes to Giannis. It'll be interesting. I mean, we saw the straw poll and, uh, Embiid came up two over uh, over uh, Jokic, but I think after Jokic sitting out a couple of games, he also got smoked by the Houston Rockets by 20 to minus yeah. 21 that game. I think there's going to be some people who come off of Jokic and go to Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. And see, here's yeah. the thing. It's like, I, I don't, so I don't know whether to trust Vegas because is, is yeah. Vegas in the, in the minds of like the, is, is Vegas at the ringer headquarters? You they know? would have so, nuked the odds because they didn't want to get crushed on, you know, minus 150 and beat. They nuked him down to like minus 470 after that 52 point performance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I know that I know Vegas has their, you know, they've, they've got to make it work for the, for the house. Right. But, but I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't treat, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I wouldn't treat the MVP odds the same way I would anything else because you're, you're trying to get to the mind of voters here who can be fickle and who could like, I guess the question is like, if perk is going to flip to, if, if Perk, who voted for Embiid last year and who's been like his biggest defender in the media, is going to flip to Giannis, then then how do I know that ten other people aren't going to do that as well? And so, in that regard, should I trust what I see at DraftKings? Well, his reasoning stunk too. He said his reasoning was three weeks ago that he was going to vote whoever had the best record between Tatum, between Jokic, between on between Giannis, and between Joel Embiid, which makes no sense because Joel Embiid had the eighth best record last year, and he voted for him. Why did he vote for <laughs> Devin Booker? <laughs> Why didn't you vote for Jimmy Butler? Why didn't you vote for John Morant? Why didn't you vote for Tatum? Why didn't you vote for Giannis even then, even though they were tied? Yeah, but that's it what just, Salisbury's argument was with baseball too. Because then, if you're gonna, if if like winning and having your team near the top matters, then Shohei Otani couldn't wouldn't have garnered any votes from anybody. Exactly. 
You know what I'm saying? It makes no sense. I mean, yeah. if you took Giannis off that team, they would probably be able to sneak into a play-in. Maybe even maybe get maybe a, a, a six seed. Yeah. If you took Embiid off this team, especially with the coaching uh, malpractice that is going on there, with just James Harden, 33 years old, replace him with a, a Dwayne Dedman-ish, uh, a Paul Reed-ish kind of center. You can't tell me that uh, that this team is is is, is barking at the play-in. I, I refuse to believe that. No, I know, well, I know. It's just, but again, I just go back. To, here's my thing with the MVP. Like when you go back. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we look back on this era of how good all three of those guys were. If they come out of it with Giannis with an MVP, Jokic with an MVP, and Embiid with an MVP, is anybody going to be upset about that? I think that's perfectly reasonable. I think we would all look back at that and say that we probably got it right. So I don't know if, 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 anybody has the responsibility to to look at it mvp as like a multi-year like era kind of thing and say this guy deserves one this guy deserves one this guy deserves one or if we're just going to evaluate it in a singular season vacuum but i i don't have any problem with looking back at it x amount of years from now and saying that all three of these guys got one because you could make a case in any one of these years that all three of those guys deserved it one more thing before we bring uh dump on um sixers win by two no robert williams no jalen brown (laughs) Well, it's just yeah. I, I the, can't. the end of that game was comical. I mean, what the, cause I turned it because I I came over. I had the I had the Sixers on one screen. I had the Union game on the other screen, and uh, then I was able to give full attention to that. And I'm like, oh, they're up a bunch, and and then the Maxi foul happens, and then the PJ Tucker foul. Like, what the fuck am I am I watching here? You know, yeah, it's at home too. You know, so even it was in beads like. You know, and even then, I was I was watching the timeline on the way, and it's like if they don't have Embiid, then this is a disaster. If they don't have Embiid, so I don't know if that game did anything to inspire confidence in beating the Celtics in a second round series, but it just really reinforced the idea that like Embiid's going to have to carry him. He's going to go on an Iverson esque two thousand and one yep. NBA Finals run. It's going to yeah. be, and if he does it, he's going to go down and lure with Iverson. But anyway, mm-hmm. all right, he's been gracious. He's been sitting behind the scenes. He's dumb. You know him. Because he's got the most recognizable. Oh my God, he's got a shirt on. You know him because he's got the most recognizable <laughs> tattoos in the city. There we go. A little two on five. Thank you for. Uh, I don't want us to get banned off of uh, off of YouTube. No nipple, okay, Dump. Um, but you know him, man. He's the most recognizable tattoos in the city of Philadelphia, and he got kicked out, kicked out of the softest stadium. His words in the world, Yankee Stadium on Monday. Dump. Thank you for joining us, man. Give us a story. Give us the play-by-play. What happened? What inning? Who came up to you? What happened before? What happened after? I'll just let you ride. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. You guys can hear me good, right, before we get started? You sound great. Sound good, man. Thank you. All right, so uh, we went down there. Um, we got seven buses down there. So we I didn't sit in my seats. I was sitting up at the top. I was sitting, um, you know where the handicap section is? Uh, there was no guard there, and there was yeah. no handicapped people taking it up. So we were just chilling there. We pulled some seats up. We had, like, our own little spot to hang out, fill these guys. So it's about the sixth, seventh inning, and um, we're getting smoked. It's, like, eight to one, I think. Yeah. And there's fans um, chirping back and forth. I wasn't even involved at the time. It was Yankees fans and Phillies fans going back and forth. I had my shirt on at the time, too. Um, so – Everyone's standing up. We're looking. They're arguing back and forth. Nothing too crazy. And um, 
it's really loud. So when I turn around to look at the game, everyone is standing up from their seats and they're looking back at us and everyone starts to like notice me. They're pointing and I'm like, damn, I got to do something. What do I got? What can I do? So the first thing I think of is I do an Eagles chant and my dad walking up being a weirdo. Relax, <laughs> He's live. It's an idiot. This is, this is yeah. live. This is live podcasting. I love it. I know. Oh, he's looking at me, staring right at me. <laughs> Papa me up. All right. So um what was I saying? So yeah. so everyone's looking at you and everything, and you're like, oh shit, you know, you know how it is, man. People always people always coming up to you, people always interacting with you. You know you gotta be on, you know, twenty. Oh, right, right. So everyone's looking at me, they notice they notice what's going on. So I'm like, what well, damn, I gotta do something real quick. So I, first thing I thought was Eagles chant. I did an Eagles chant, bro. The place erupted. Everyone went nuts. Everyone's standing up. Then we start. Then the Yankees fans had some things to say, like "f the Eagles," um, something along those lines. I forget exactly what the chant was. Yeah. Um, and then we did some Philly chants back. And then the, I took my shirt off and I just swung it around my head, and the place went nuts, bro. Like everyone was loving it, and I, I'm in the moment. I'm loving it. And as soon as that happens, as soon as it happens, two cops come up and they're like, "Hey, uh, hey, we need you to put your shirt on." I'm like. Nah, not happening. Like, for what? Like, it's not a rule. I check the rules before I go everywhere. I'm like, it's not a rule. I don't have to wear a shirt. I'm like, show me where I got to wear it, put a shirt on, and I'll leave the stadium. Not just put it on. I'll leave the stadium. That's how confident I was. And he and he's just sitting there like, oh, we're really doing this? And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, show me proof that I got to put a shirt on. I'll, I'll put my shirt I'll honor. I'm not going to be – I'm not there to cause a scene. I mean, I'm there to have fun and all, and I obviously take my shirt off sometimes. But yeah. – uh. But yeah, so um, he uh, he's like, oh, I'm here to take your boy out. He was flipping people off. And I'm like, look, whatever. Like, So he starts to get escorted. Um, we're going back and forth. My dad comes up. He's like, dude, he, he, we do the, he does this at every game. He doesn't have to take his shirt off. Like, uh, like, you guys are just harassing us. They did the same thing in New York, the Giant Stadium. They were making me put my shirt on. They all came down. They were going to throw me out of the game if I didn't put my shirt on. So I just I gave in. I put it on, even though I knew I was right. I had the proof. And um, But, yes, yeah, so New York, dude, overall is soft. Yes, they, they definitely cannot handle you. They can give it. They can give it all game long, but they cannot take it. Because we were – dude, we were louder than – them three sections were louder than the other sections next to us. And they – couldn't handle it. Yeah, if I remember shots of the crowd on Monday, it wasn't a great, and it's a Monday. I'm not gonna, you know, come out here and be like Phillies fans are great on a Monday ball uh, a ball game, but right. it was a pretty light crowd, and I feel like the seven buses of Phillies fans really stood out with the red and the and the navy blue and whatnot. I just love that you look at the FAQs before you go to each stadium. I mean, that's just yeah. doing your due diligence. I mean, some people are like, "Hey, what's the bag <laughs> policy?" You're like, "Hey, what's the shirt policy?" I love yeah. that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Can so, you take your shirts off? So you you've been kicked out of MetLife, and you've been now kicked out of Yankee Stadium, but you've done it in hollowed ground like Lambeau Field, which has been around for almost hundreds of more years than yeah. either Yankee Stadium, New Yankee Stadium, or um, MetLife Stadium. I don't know if he's got a call. There we go. You're back. My daughter FaceTimed me. I'm sorry. Now you're fine. That's going to happen. This is live broadcasting. So yeah. did you hear anything I said about Lambeau? Yeah, I heard about Lambo. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, now now you get kicked out of MetLife, you get out of New Yankee Stadium, but at Lambo, they were really cool. So do you think do you do you think there are like like we're talking like a Sixers game? Are more indoor spots, indoor sports, or or yeah, are more indoor sports you think uh, non 
take off your shirt games or more outdoor sports more like do you feel comfortable more outdoor than you do indoor taking your shirt yeah, off yeah abs- absolutely more comfortable outdoor i'm, I'm more comfortable at e- uh, football games eagles games road games than i am at baseball games because i've done it a lot more at football i've done it every home game like it's just normal it's like it's almost like i can't even go to the game with my shirt on anymore i can't even like so, sometimes i do if i go with my family i, I wear like a hoodie I don't put mm-hmm. a mask on or not, but I really sometimes I consider because I some I'm a fan, so I want to yeah. be there with my family. I want to enjoy it the way like I used to enjoy it, but mm-hmm. now it's kind of like it's some almost like work sometimes. But it's like, but I love it. I love interacting with everybody. I love taking pictures. I don't turn nobody down. I, I love it. I I just it's fun. You know what I mean? And I'm just enjoying it, rock. I know it's not gonna last forever. I'm not gonna want to do it forever. Well, you've done pretty good. You've done pretty good for just yeah. being uh, being a guy with great tattoos. I mean, yeah. you, you've gone further than a lot of other people. You're going to TD Garden a couple weeks. Are you taking your shirt off there? Um, so I'm going to try it indoor. I'm pretty sure they you're not allowed. Um, I'm pretty sure because the Flyers actually made me put my shirt on before. Believe it or not, even with the gritty tattoo. They well they I didn't have gritty yet. I first okay. like this all happened. I was doing stuff with Parks. They brought me to a game. And we're down there, and I was on the glass, and I had my shirt off, and the guy was like, can you put your shirt on? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. He's like, you're not allowed to have shirts off. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. But then, like, two weeks later, I did the Gritty reveal tattoo with Gritty, and it was cool then. So I haven't – I'm not sure if if I can do it. I'm not sure. I got to look into it before I do go to Boston. But, I mean, it'll be off. They'll probably tell me to put it back on. But at one point, I'm going to at least take it for a picture and all that stuff, at least. I'll hear this. This could be some groundbreaking stuff. I mean, Dumpf could cause all teams to have it to call an emergency meeting and say, "Hey, do we need to look at our policies again and and redraw?" Craig, you can pull that up too. Do we need to look at our policies and define a dress code here? Because the Citizens Bank Park one has nothing about a dress code. Here's what the Yankees one says. It says, "Quote: The Yankees reserve the right to ask anyone with clothing deemed to be obscene or indecent." To remove or cover up the item, guests are also prohibited from wearing clothing, face paint, or masks that conceal or hide their faces. Those who refuse to comply will be denied entry or removed from Yankee Stadium. So this is fake news here because Dumpf technically wasn't wearing anything, mm-hmm. right? So right. You, you couldn't say anybody with clothing deemed to be obscene. So I think they, they, they tried to fudge a, uh, a technicality here. I think they just made this shit up on the fly to to remove a uh, a fan, dude. One thousand percent. Because a- after I didn't finish the whole uh, thing, after there was two cops, like eight, ten more cops came up, and now they're like, "All right, you got to go too." And I'm like, "Really? Like this is this is really happening?" I'm like, "You know what? Look, you've got that. We're down a touchdown in a baseball game. I'm gonna get out here early, anyways. So we're walking out, and I'm and I stop, I stop, and I'm like, "Can any of you right now, please, just tell me?" what I did and what I'm getting kicked out for. I just want to know, like I'm, I'm leaving regardless. I just want to know. And not one of them could even say anything, nothing. They had nothing to say. It was embarrassing. Has anyone from the Yankees reached out in DMS or anything? I mean, the story's pretty out there now. It's getting a lot of steam. No, I, I haven't. I mean, I, I don't really check my email that much. I probably should, but uh, maybe they reached out to my email, but nothing on social media. No, no one has reached out. And, uh, so, I mean, I don't plan on ever going back to that. I don't know if I could curse. Oh, that place ever, stinks. It does. I'll never, I have no interest in ever going back there again. 
I don't know if you ever been to old Yankee. I don't know if you ever been to old Yankee Stadium. Old Yankee Stadium, it was a it was a shitty place, but man, did it have some good aura around it. Nowadays, you go to left field, you can't see ninety percent of right field if a ball's hit to right field. The Yankees fans can't judge if it's a fly ball or a home run because it's a fucking bandbox, and it's just corporations, 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 corporations that line (laughs) everything around there, and they're eating shrimp. They're eating shrimp and lobster tail. They have a steakhouse. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. We're eating shrimp at the ballpark. I always felt like when I watched the like the Yankees or the Mets on TV, like the people directly behind the plate in like the oh. seats that cost money. Imagine they all just look like Wall Street douchebags. They all look like like what's the name of the guy who did the Ponzi scheme? Mer- uh, Madoff. Bernie Madoff. It looks like they all like worked at Bernie Madoff's company or something. I don't know. It's just as like New York oh, for Wall Streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan. Uh, Jordan wants his face. You know. I mean, these people are robbing people of millions of their dollars and dumps bringing people joy, and they're kicking dumps out. Just trying to make people happy, dude. Just trying to bring some excitement, some joy. I love that. Even the the Yankees fans in the sections, they were having fun with the chants. We were all going back and forth. They would let us do our chant, then they did their chant. Like, it was literally nothing was crazy. No one was was throwing shit. No one There was one fan before that was kicked out. He was sitting front row. He was by himself. He was kind of egging them on, and they started throwing popcorn at him. The Yankees fans were. And they kicked him out, probably for his own safety. And that's what everyone's trying to say. Oh, they kicked you out for your own safety. Like, dude, we were 400 deep. They're not fighting us. It's not going to be all out like Battle Royale. Like This is, this is not your bleacher creatures from uh, from from early 2000s, 1990s. So yeah, people in the chat. To make it to me. People in the chat want to know kind of your uh, your origin story and how your reaction to fame has been. Because I know, obviously, the first time I saw you was that Thursday night football game. Carson Wentz versus Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz goes to Lambeau, uh, wins in Lambeau. And that's when we we're like, holy shit, this guy's for real. Then they flash to you on the camera and you got the fanatic tattoo around your belly button. So kind of what's the um, take us back to like why you got your first tattoo or what started your chest piece or, or and how you've reacted ever since to uh, that, that that moment. So, um, yeah, I was in, obviously, like you said, Green Bay, Thursday night game, and I was gone. I had my shirt off, joined myself. My phone's dead. Everyone's um, texting me during the game. I see it afterwards. Everyone's texting people around us. Yo, you're all over uh, Barstool. You're all over TMZ. You're over Fox, everything, all these places. They're like, dude, you're everywhere. I even got Packers fans wanting to take pictures with me, and I'm like, this is weird. Like, what's really going on right now? Halftime, there was a line of people taking pictures with me. I'm like, okay. To leave the stadium, I had to put my shirt on. Just like, all right, I'm done taking pictures. I was there for about an hour after the game. Security was trying to get me to leave. Like, everyone, I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, I have no clue what's going on. My phone's dead. I really have no clue what's going on. But after that, the Phillies reached out to me. Every local news station wanted me to come on the radio, tell my story. And I kind of was just like, dude, I'm I'm taking this opportunity and I'm running with it. I'm, I'm going to try to make something cool out of this you know what i mean and i feel like i've done a pretty cool fun job and i don't try to overdo it i don't try to be like you know what i mean i don't i'm not i just try to be myself i don't try to do something i'm not good at doing so i just i'm not an actor i can't go there and do these acting ads so that people ask me to do so i just i just try to stay myself and try to just make people laugh and that's really all i try to do i have fun with everything it's been a really cool ride um like i like uh, I talked to Bryce Harper, my DMs. I've talked to Bryson Stott. Cool. 
Derek Cobb, Freddie Mitchell. I got his number. Like, dude's the man. Like, he reaches out to me. So, like, stuff like that is really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean. It's got to be so cool, too, being a kid who just grew up and watched 4th and 26 or watched Brian Westbrook, dude, like, run it, run it back against the Giants and beat the Giants. And, you know, Bryce Harper's <laughs> hitting uh, – home runs and send us to the world series. Like, yeah, I've DM'd with that guy before. Like, it's just, it's, it's gotta be so weird that these people like kind of give you your flowers and your props and stuff. And you're just like, Dude, it's, kid it's crazy. When, when Harper DM me, you would never, if I gave you a million guesses to ask where I was, when he DM me, you would never guess. I was the in the shitter. porta potty. I, I just said that. I said the shitter. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I was in the porta potty at the, uh, at the Eagles game versus Seattle in like 2019 or 2020, whatever year it was when Carson got hurt in the playoffs. Yeah. I was in the porta potty and I looked down on my phone and it said Bryce Harper. I'm like, wait, is that really him? And I opened it and I'm like, bro, no way. I was geeking. I'm telling random people, I'm like, look, Harper just DM me. <laughs> but, you know, a real, was, a real where were you when moment on there. And I was like, I was in the shitter. Yeah. I was in the porta I sold it to you. If I didn't sell it to you, I don't know if you would have got it. But that, that was uh, okay. Best. I'll give you credit. <laughs> um, you ever come across Tatman? Tim the was, Tatman? No. Oh, actually, that is funny. You said Tim the Tatman because people who don't know, Dunphy does look like Tim the Tatman a little bit. Another guy who has tattoos. He's a he's a video game streamer. But uh, Craig, do you have that picture of Tatman? I actually think this would be a great idea for you. Tatman, he's like the Dunphy before the Dunphy, but not as creative tattoos. But his jersey says Tatman. Like uh, and you you always have to take off your sweatshirt and everything and your shirt to take pictures of people, but he has a see-through custom Eagles jersey. So I don't know if you're thinking about cool. anything, you know, efficiency sake. I, I actually never met him. Um, I seen – well, I seen him. He didn't – I don't think he noticed me. I don't even know if he knows who I am. Anyways, so I'm leaving the lot. I just got down at the link. I don't remember what game it was. I'm filming – um, this is when I'm walking over to them guys. Yeah, I know exactly who it is. I see him taking pictures and I was going to introduce myself, but it was so early. I'm like, let me, I have my hoodie on and I'm not, I'm not ready yet to be in character. So I'm just letting him do his thing. And he's, and I overheard him talking to somebody saying I'm being inducted into the hall of fame today. And I'm like, wow, like, is this, is that serious? <clears throat> I don't know if he meant Eagles hall of fame or like NFL hall of fame. I don't know. He's being inducted to some kind of hall of fame. But yeah, that's the only time I didn't introduce myself or nothing. But yeah, I did. I do know who he is. Kev, cue that up that that Crossing Broad article that you just wrote. I gotta ask Dumpf about this. Yeah, um, I I was just remembered it off the top of my head. There was a story about a woman in Delaware who like wanted to meet you, or and she insisted she had a smile or something. But but I I was trying to read it real quick. But but you were engaged at the time, right? And I didn't know if yeah, it, it was. She was a caller, I think, on the radio, and she was claiming that she was obsessed with me and all this. Yeah, I see it. So here's here's the quote from the woman. She was talking to WDEL.com. Oh, my God. First of all, soulmate, she said. Between the tattoos and the Philly fanatic, I just feel like he's someone I have to meet because he would just be a hit. I saw him not only on the news, and I said something to my mom like, this has to happen. Then I saw him on your website, and I feel like it's meant to be at this point. 26 of Wilmington, grew a Philly sports fan, and has got a gritty tattoo on her left side, left thigh. Wow. Well, well, she missed out. Yeah. Should have got to you before the fame. I like that you're uh, you're still with the same woman before the fame. Real, yeah, real ground to earth. No longer engaged, now married. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Now down to earth, man. Nice. Um, Congrats, man. You did the charity thing, too, man. That was cool. Um, you guys yeah. ended up raising like 
fifteen thousand dollars or something, didn't you? Uh, so as soon as it happened, I want me to give you a whole quick story. We got time. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, <clears throat> I <clears throat> my buddies did a GoFundMe as a joke because everyone was saying, "Dude, finish this guy's tattoos already!" Like, uh, so we started GoFundMe at ten thousand. Someone donated like fifteen bucks, and my tattoo artist was like, "Bro, you think people are really gonna donate?" I'm like, "Probably not." I'm like, "My buddy started as a joke." He's like, "Look, if you raise the ten grand I'll, and we donate it to a charity, I'll finish your tattoos for free." I'm like, "Done." So I reached out to. Uh, um storm the heavens it's called it's a mm -hmm. dipg which is terminal brain cancer for children i reached out to them wanted to collab with them donate all the money to them and we just teamed up and i told them i was going to be on the news which you've seen on that that picture i went to fox i wore the shirt so i just kind of promoted it every time i had an opportunity in the beginning and um the goal was ten thousand. i reached that in like 30 hours and so i wound up I was going out to companies getting um, donations, and I got over like a little over thirty thousand, I believe. And um, yeah. yeah, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome ride. It was like I, again, it was called Storm the Heavens. Raised the money and uh, donated all the money to them, every single dollar. And my tattoo artist stuck to his word. Mike Nemo, his name is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, losing your platform for stuff like good. I mean, not everyone not everyone does that, especially when they get their fifteen minutes of fame. So, Love shout it, out to man. you, man. It was, it was cool. This is probably um, a stupid question because your tattoos are kind of part of the whole brand, but um, I've got a couple, not as many as you, of course, but like it's it's so annoying when people come up and ask about them because I don't really want to explain it every time. I can't really explain it every time. I got this big uh, script piece on my leg and um, you know, you're just sitting there in public or whatever. And somebody comes up to you and they just bend their head and they're like looking down at your leg, which is kind of like rude to begin. I don't know. Right? Like, it's kind of like intrusive, I guess, you know, and then they're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. What does that mean? And it's, um, it's like this old school philosophy script. It's like a, a Nietzsche thing. Right. And I'm like, well, I, I can't really explain it. I just always say, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's some like philosophy I used to read. Like, oh that's that's cool you know because how the fuck do i explain like frederick nietzsche and like a like a yeah like a like a you know a fleeting conversation you know so i don't i don't know if you get that dump it's just like sometimes it annoys me because it's like i don't mind talking about him but it's not like it's not really anything i can even explain you know right yeah so i guess our situations are a little different um so people are always look people usually in Philly, they know what my tattoos are, but there is sometimes people stopping like, look, I'm just looking, like, let me look around real quick. And like, oh, the main question I ever get is what's Arctic Splash? So I'll explain to them what Arctic mm -hmm. Splash is. Not a lot of people know what it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's times on places like, say, I'm on the beach in Wildwood or something. Someone will walk by I me. Mean, they don't know who I am at all. They'll be like, oh, cool. Sesame Street. And I'm like, definitely not Sesame Street, but yeah, I've got Sesame Street a lot. But yeah, people stop and look and ask for pictures and all, and I just, like I said, I'll, I'm in a little bit of a different situation than you, yeah, so I'll just yeah. pose for them or let them look or whatever, but. So yours I mean, are obvious, but it's like, it, it's at times, you feel, it's almost like you, I don't know, you feel like you're like a zoo. I have tattoos on my legs, too, and yeah. people stop and they'll look, and I'll just like, I notice it, but I just keep walking unless they ask me to stop. I'll just be like, here. Well, it's like that. you can. Yeah, I, I feel like saying, "I'm like, yeah, you can come over and say hi." Like, you don't have to like just look at <laughs> look at me from like five five feet away because you can sense they're like because the, you got to like bend down to be able to read the thing on my leg. So I see all these people; they're always like doing this. I feel like saying, "Yeah, just come over." I'll explain. Like, I'll you know, you can talk to me. I'm not like a, I don't know. 
They look I mean, at that, you like they're weird or something. That baffles me. I mean, this guy at least has the fanatic around his belly button. That's a talking point conversation. What is this? Some like temple kid who like majors in philosophy or something like that? It's like, oh, is that Aristotle? <laughs> no, I don't know. I just like, <laughs> they see script and they just look at it and they're like, oh, that looks cool. But then they just come over and like, and imagine, so for somebody who does that many tattoos, imagine if somebody just came over and started looking at you. Yeah. And like scanning, scanning you up and down. And you're just kind of like, I, all right, you know, I guess it's inviting. But do you like, ever do you ever look at people's tattoos? I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I have there's times I'll look, I'll see someone's tattoo, and I'll just as they're walking. Yeah, but that's in passing. That's in passing. You're not you're not like walking up to them and like looking at their okay. legs and like going up and like down. Like, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, just no, right now square at the park in, in Lansdowne, and he's just getting looked up and down by, uh, by uh, I want to see your legs that you so bad right now. I want to uh, see what everyone's looking at. I'll, I'll put like a picture of it up or so. It'd be kind of weird for me to like pick pick my leg up and do all the. It, it's old school philosophy. It's Frederick Nietzsche, you know. It's Nietzsche. Dump. So, I gotta ask, man. Like you, you got so many tattoos, and I'm not a tattoo guy. I'm a big old pussy. I don't like needles and stuff. So like, I'll never get a tattoo. Like, are you just like a masochist? Do you love the pain? Like, what what got you into all these tattoos? Like people people like that get tattoos freak me out because it's just like it's so painful. Of all the stories I've heard, it's not that bad. Yeah. No, so my tat my my stepdad's covered in tattoos. My dad has a bunch of tattoos, and I just always liked the look of them. And I just started with a couple on my legs, um, my name on my last name on my back, and then one day I was like, you know what? I want to get all Philly stuff that what represents Philly to me. I'm a huge fan of sports, and also I kind of went that route, and I just got it on. Told my tattoo artist what I wanted on my stomach, and uh, he just. Put it. He did the placement. I give him all the credit for the placement. We yeah. got anything else coming? I mean, I know you got a little bit of the nipple still around. We got to turn like maybe like a wawa goose or something like that, like like a little <laughs> eyeball on the nipple. I don't know if there's really much of any room like you said besides the nipples, um, but I mean, I do have to get the top of my right arm finished for my son because I got the bottom half for my daughter. Cool. So I know he's he's about to be four, and I know pretty soon he's gonna be. Like, you know, how come I don't got nothing? And she's yeah. got the whole half of the arm. So I got to stop slacking on that. And I do want to start my back. I'm not looking forward to it, but I think I can't really tell you what I'm going to get. I guess I'm going to have to, it's going to be a surprise. All but right. yeah, I'm, I plan on doing some stuff sports related to my back. Cool, man. Are you grooming your kid? Hey, listen, man, this is you one day. This has to be yeah. you. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping he is like a professional athlete or something. There you go. Uh, yeah, my four-year-old, my four-year-old daughter asked me what a tattoo is, and I was like, ah, just just wait a while. I'll, I'll explain it to you some other time. You know, just show her a picture of me, Dad. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more for you before we let you go. Did I read your your are you are you're a tow truck driver or were a tow truck driver tow truck driver? I am. Does I anyone am. like ever stop you as you're lifting their car, being like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like it's funny. Yeah. Well, I don't wreck chase or nothing like that. I don't. Oh no! Did we lose him? He's got probably another Facetime. Daughters love Facetiming, man. It's it's a, there. It's we the go. Same people calling me. No, no one's gonna call me the rest of the day after today. <laughs> but um, what the hell was I saying? Yeah. So 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 tow truck driver. Yeah. Um. So we mainly buy junk cars. That's all we really do is we buy junk. So there's times. Um. Yeah. There's definitely been times people are like, "Dude, you look so," f-, and it'll be driving them nuts. I'm like, "Dude, you look familiar," and I'm like. I have no idea. Like there's times I'm like I just I mess with them. Like, I I don't I'm like I'm usually I'm a homebody. 
They're like, dude, you, it's something. They're like, you look like the tattoo guy. And I'm like, and then I'll just tell them no. I'll mess. Sometimes I mess with people like, yeah, oh, it's not me. And then like I'll lift my stomach up real quick and show them, and they usually get, like uh, geek out a little bit. It's cool. I have fun with it. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. Go follow Dumpf at Dumpy215 on Instagram and on uh, on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, are you still going to be down there now that they move the opening day? Are you still going to be down tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be down, down there tomorrow. I'll be at, uh, I believe, M-Lot is where we're going to be cool. posted up. All right, go go down to M-Lot, go see Dumpy and everybody, and uh, go take some pictures because I'm sure you're going to have a line out of uh, out of Tretro. But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun tomorrow. But thanks so much, man. really appreciate it. hope the Phil's turning around. Yeah, I think they will. Thanks I for having know. me, guys. Appreciate it. Nice, man. Cool. All right. Um, we got a couple more minutes if you want to get into anything else. I really, if you wanted to talk more, did you see that one quote about uh, Doc Rivers? How he's, so basically uh, James Harden was the reason why P.J. Tucker got moved to the corner and Tobias yeah. to the dunk spot. And yeah. P.J. Tucker hits two big threes to, to beat the Celtics. Um, here was the quote from Liberty Ballers. Uh, James said, hey, let's put Tuck in the corner and let's put Tobias in the dunker spot. And it really came through for us, Rivers explained. He's been in big moments. He's going to shoot it. You know, they were going to help off of him. We said in the timeout and he stepped up and made him. Shouldn't this be like looked at in like games like 20 through 40 and not the 77th game of the year and maybe, you know, see how this kind of adjustments like are are made during the season? I mean, this is kind of wild. Yeah, that feels like a pretty obvious thing that you're always trying to figure out every day, like spacing and where you're going to put guys and how, you know, the pieces are going to fit together. You know, it's not like um, Bryce Harper going to Alec Bohm at the time because we thought he was the guy was tipping pitches. You know, it was was some super seeker, like amazing pull. It's really just saying, hey, maybe we should put this guy who's in the corner in the dunker spot and put the dunker spot guy in the corner, you know. So it was it was it was, you know arguably surface level, I guess you say when you're talking about the adjustment, but, uh, and then doc comes out and they ask him about Max Kellerman asked him about the all bench lineups in the uh, playoffs. And doc doesn't exactly say, no, I'm not going to do that. So I don't know. You'd like to go into the postseason with more confidence in doc, but. It's the crazy thing is, I mean, if you watch that Celtics game, you could argue that two of the five starters don't match up against the Celtics, let alone anybody on the bench. I mean, Maxie looked lost. Yeah. Yang looked lost. Melton looked lost. Paul Reed looked a little bit lost. I mean, they went for like five for 26 from the field. I mean, we're like, we're going back harping on it, but like if Joel Embiid doesn't have 52 and only missed five shots, like he's literally, we're literally probably is a must win against the heat and our backs are up against the wall with the Cavs bringing down our neck for the third seed. And we get, and we get uh, Giannis and the Bucks in the second round. I mean, this I just can't believe this is just not talked about in the film room. And then for him to be like, that's a great observation from James Harden. It's like, that's not an op- That's not what you call an observation. That's an in-game adjustment that we've been yelling at you for three years now to be making those kind of things. Observations are like observing you on 95 that, oh, that Philly scoreboard is a lot bigger than I remember it being. Not, hey, we should move, you know, uh, Tucker to the corner and put Tobias to the dunker spot because Tucker only has eight shots between 10 feet and 16 feet this year. He's an obvious non-threat, and people know that, except everybody except, I guess, Doc Rivers. It's just, it's wild. 
Well, I, I think I had to go back and look at this too because he always talks about Boston in 2008 and when they won the title against the <laughs> Lakers, his starting five that year are the guys who started every single game in the postseason. Let me say this. His main starting group was Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Ray John Rondo, and then Kendrick Perkins started five of the games in the finals and uh, Leon Poe, Powell. Well, I remember Leon Poe. Yeah, Leon Powell, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think the guy who played for the Flyers, Daryl Poe. Wasn't that his name? Or Powell? Daryl Poe. Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. Um, he started one, too. But the guys who came off the bench were James Posey, Eddie House, PJ Brown. Uh, Sam Cassell was 38 at that time. He didn't play a lot, and Tony Allen didn't play a lot. Glenn Davis was 22 years old. Um, yep. So I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess his bench was better then, yeah, than it is now. But, you, but that was 15 years ago. I mean, he's also had three of like the top 20 best players during that time in the starting lineup. You know, is yeah. James Harden a top 20 player? Probably not. Is he a top 30 player? You could argue it. We're talking about Kevin Garnett, three Hall of Famers in one lineup. Like, yeah. And, and we all saw how that how that quickly went the other way when they when they ended up trading him like three years later. So it's like he yeah. just. To rest on your laurels from 15 years ago on a title team that you won, which is a completely different team than the one you're basketball is a completely different game than the one you were coaching 15 years ago is just is insane to do things. If 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 you and I didn't transition in 15 years from what we were doing back in 2008. Yeah, yeah, I'd still be getting drunk at Phillies games and standing room only section. With, uh, with a- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy to me because I'm looking through the stats now for that Lakers Boston series, and both of those teams are so top heavy, man. So the Lakers started Kobe, Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, Derek Fisher, and uh, Vladimir Radmanovich. Ooh. And then off the be- their first guy off the bench was Sa- Sasha Vujicic. Was Trevor Reza on that team? Jordan Farmar, Luke Walton, and Trevor Reza. But this Nowhere was like past. before Ariza. It was kind of before Ariza had turned a corner. So their like main three off the bench were Vujicic, Farmar, and Luke Walton. And they had Ronnie Turioff. You remember him? Ronnie Turioff. I remember Ronnie Turioff. And uh, yeah. Chris Mim was on that team. So I, yeah, I, that that was weird, man. That that Lakers Celtics series was very top heavy, man. It was like Kobe Powell, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I. And it's strange. I don't know. It just bothers me how much Doc goes back and he references those. The he's like, "Well, we did this in 2008. You know, I had I had a point guard in, who didn't shoot in 2008. Well, okay, Rajon Rondo, Ben Simmons, not not the same thing, you know. Yeah, if but, we're if we're still crossing broad in 15 years, and we always talk about one of our best years being 2022, that'd be like us doing that. Like, man, 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 you know, numbers are down right now. People won't believe in crossing broad. But in 2022, <laughs> yeah. man, we had our best yeah. year ever. Can you believe yeah. it? We're sitting there in 2037. Yeah. Jesus well, we Christ. did this. We had this uh, content philosophy in 2022, and it worked. So why doesn't it work in 2038? <laughs> Pagan, what's your what's your forecasting budget this year? It's like, well, I mean, we look like we probably have like a couple, couple hundred thousand dollars. But 2022, man. Remember that? Remember that? Can we go to the 2022 PowerPoint slide, please? Yeah, oh my yeah. God. I don't know. It just is. Yeah, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. We'll see. I'm actually going to be on vacation, I think, during the second round. So you're going to have to handle the second round, man. You don't even watch. Where are you going to be? Florida. 
Okay, so you're actually going to be on on time. I was in I was in uh, Spain last year, so I was watching yeah. games at like three in the morning, and it was during the Heat series, and it wasn't even worth it because they, they just no. they look terrible. It's gross. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was gross. Yeah. It was gross. I don't know. Maybe this year's different. We'll see. I'm not. Stop um, it. I'm not. Stop I'm not putting a lot of stock into it though. I'm not. You know. I'm not. This is the only thing I won't be pragmatic on. This is the 76ers because they don't deserve for us to be pragmatic on. Well, with the Phillies not off to a hot start, maybe the Sixers get a little more of a, I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with you, man. I'm not, I'm not going to get my hopes up about the Sixers, but uh, I, I, I think I agree with you when you say they're going to beat the Celtics. It's, yeah, Embiid's going to have to be 2001 AI. Yeah, he'll supplant himself on the Mount Rushmore of Philly sports athletes if he drags his team to the finals. Yep. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, Beat the Heat tonight. They'll lock in the third seed, and they'll uh, they'll get the the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, and then all the Villanova fans will get to watch Mikhail Bridges. So, congratulations, um, Kyle Scott will be down there in the front row watching, and he'll be wearing, he'll be wearing a Nets Mikhail Bridges jersey. Um, but anyway, this is in the broadcast for today. Uh, thank you to Dump for coming on. Thank you to Kev. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos behind the scenes. Even though his beer takes stink, we will talk to you next Tuesday. And uh, have a good weekend, everybody. Hope to see you down at opening day.